we can talk a little bit about the magic as a season recap if you want and then clip it up. You mean you don't know what there is to talk about? There's a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Man, I haven't been paying attention. Oh, Ryan Neal signed with the Bucks. When did that happen? I like him. That's that happened like a few hours. I, I, oh, yesterday. That happened yesterday. Not oh, hours. wow. We're live. I didn't even realize. Yeah. yeah. What's up, guys? Uh, he set me up there. I didn't realize. Welcome to the uh, Running Gun Podcast, season five, episode 11. We didn't Controversy. Set we didn't set you up. Well, I didn't set you up. I transitioned. <laughs> sure. Anyways, yes, we have some controversy already right off the bat on whether or not GP set up ace on that intro. No, we've Anyways. been doing controversy since about what? Since about what? Four o'clock today? <laughs> Look, uh, inside yeah. Your, me and I, but we won't. We, we, we ain't talking about that. Um, controversy on the USF basketball court earlier. Also, Wait, between your legs and the hardwood, I don't know that that was fine. It's um, court etiquette. We could talk about that with later if you want, but well, we could say there are some people cool. out there they just don't have proper etiquette, you know. I'm sure people who watch the show know like there's some etiquette in who's on for games and mm-hmm. what rules you should follow. Between if you got 10 people, you're running fives from right there and then. You ain't waiting for your friends to show up and mm. you're kicking all the people who already been there off for no reason because you want to play with your friends. Anyways, off topic. Got a controversy all around HBCUs. Uh, draft getting ready. Some reflection going on up there. Slack softball going good right now. Uh, shout out LSU women and UConn men, new championship tournament winners. Hands well. for those guys and girls. Controversy. Controversy in one of those sports, among other things, going on there. Several controversial stuff happened, and it took away from the spotlight that was women's basketball and women's sports as a whole. Because you know what? Women's sports needed this, but it got overshadowed in, in the end. The last... 10 seconds of the game overshadowed what was the best NCAA women's tournament of all time and the most watched NCAA game, women-wise. I'm going to rebuttal And men-wise, I think. I'm going to rebuttal that when we get to the NCAA part of this podcast. Oh, you've got a better tournament. No, no, not a better tournament. I have a better way to phrase that with what you just said. All right. But I'll save it. All right. Um, Anyways, uh, be a friend, tell a friend, like, share, subscribe. Um. Yeah, we're going to have Hot Topics, hockey, getting ready for the playoffs. NBA, more or less, the play-in play teams are set. Playoff teams, we already know who they are. The West is just the Wild West. Uh, the defending champs are getting reloaded, locked and ready to roll for the playoffs. Big piece coming back for them down the stretch. Um, some stuff going on with the NFL controversial and the desert. Yes. Which we'll talk about, too. And So, as you know... If you're on Twitter, make sure you hit the uh, profile picture, hit the bio, go hit the link in the bio, hop on into the comment section of this video, and let's get going. Let's do it. Hey, what's going on, guys? 
This is JP. This is the Bull. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Jenny Hendricks. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast. As always, with some HBCU stuff. as always, of course, you know, head to YouTube to leave a comment. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So actually, one thing that I will say, I just watched a clip from the 220 quarterback club meeting, and Willie Simmons had a lot of high praise for uh, last year's uh, JUCO transfer, who originally had transfer, who originally, ah, who originally had signed with Texas A&M, then ended up at University of Houston, but then with the, the JUCO route now is at FAMU. Um, Jordan Moore, he had a lot of praise for Jordan Moore. Uh, so as we know, Jordan Moore came in as a safety, but now he has transitioned and he's moved down to linebacker. So he was already a thumper playing safety, but now they've added him into the box along with another heavy hitter who plays at a 1,000 miles per hour in Isaiah Major. I know FAMU's got a long list of Isaiahs and stuff that just seem to be ballers. So it's like, if your name's hey, nothing like, wrong with that. If yeah, you can bowl, you can bowl. Exactly. Name out of your name. Because honestly, yeah, like Willie Simmons already had high praise for Jordan Moore saying, you know, he's in the back row getting sacks, getting fumbles, um, getting interceptions. He had a pick six, I believe, in the last last practice. So it's a lot of good things being said about him. Um, I I felt, honestly, if he hadn't been ruled ineligible last season because of the um, lackluster of the athletic department and the president, mm-hmm. I felt that, you know, I was like, dude, this kid's going to break out and he's going to be a huge key piece of this team's success. So as we saw last year, you know, FAMU was able to go 9-2, and two, limited and hampered by – the politics behind the scenes, but this year, hopefully everything's taken care of and stuff. Plus the other fact too, is Willie Simmons alluded to the guys that aren't even on campus yet that are going to be able to contribute. And that leads me now to. This. I'm going to say something about uh, Jordan Moore moving down to say uh, from safety to linebacker that, that, that will be a big benefit and positive going into next season. If, the transition goes smoothly because generally when you watch safeties and DBs in general transition to linebacker and seven, they put on the weight there. That means there were already good tacklers to begin with and they have semi-decent coverage skills. It's not like top tier to be like a safety or corner, but mm-hmm. it's better than an average linebacker. And like you see that with uh, Fred Warner, you yeah. see his coverage skills. He plays more like a DB than a linebacker. But he's got the size of a linebacker now. So if if Jordan Moore transitions properly, and I think he will, given his worth ethic, it should be 
uh, a big addition, essentially. Because it's not like a guy you're getting in from the transfer portal that's all flashy news. It's a guy who's already in the system. He knows the playbook, even though he was ineligible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. Um, the other thing was the heavy hitter that FAMU has brought that's bringing in for a visit next weekend for the spring game is former LSU four-star offensive lineman Cardell Thomas is coming in for a visit. You got you to gotta let this guy leave the building with an offer because I can guarantee you, you this. You can't summer, let him leave without an offer. There you go. All right, yeah, my bad. I'm... <laughs> or yeah. you can let him leave the building, but he's already signed. And committed. And committed. Yeah. But, yes, I I know what you mean. My verbiage was terrible, poor choice of said words there. But, yes, if FAMU, FAMU should really consider trying to get this kid, don't let him leave without an offer. If he does leave, he needs to leave committed. And I, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. he will. You know, this would be a huge boost for the offensive line because I think this is one of those guys that I think Willie Simmons was alluding to earlier, along with all all the guys that are coming in still that haven't enrolled yet, that, you know, if he can get these guys on campus, this can take the, this defense and this offense to another level. Because honestly, in spring practice so far, from what we've heard, the defense has been getting better, getting the better of the offense. But not to worry, and this is why I'm not worried. Defenses tend to be further along than offenses at this point, especially like you said at this point. But also, you will see the defense ahead of the offense until I want to say late August. Yes, late July, early August, late August. That area between like let's say July 20th and after is when you'll see offenses in general, even in the NFL. You see training camp, especially uh, OTAs and stuff like that, and training camp, the defenses are generally the ones who destroy the offense because there's less details involved. Like There's still details, don't get me wrong, but it's like every single semantic in the offense hasn't been nailed down and the chemistry isn't there that you would see. So eh, sometimes you got to pump the brakes sometimes, but also then you could be like, the 2021 Saints were like, well, the defense was killing the offense the entire training camp preseason. Well, I wonder why. And then you see how shitty the offense is, and you're like, ah, well, that makes more sense. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's going to work itself out. You know, I think it's going to be beneficial for the quarterbacks come spring game time to where, you know, they're not going against the ultimate, the ones on defense every day. Like they're not going to see them on that Saturday, so it's going to be split up. So they'll they'll be able to make a few plays and everything, but every not everything that's installed on offense is installed. Or everything that and needs- also got to remember, you also got to remember you you lost a big part of your offense to the draft and Xavier Smith. So that still has to be exactly. figured out on who who's you're going to be your alpha dog in the wide receiver room. Honestly, dude, I'm hoping David Manigo steps up, and I'm hoping that um, Marquez Phillips, I think that's his name, Marquez Phillips, I hope he steps up in a huge way, and I hope he's able to contribute and pick up where 
Xavier Smith left off. Plus, there's also two of the true freshmen, Kareem Burke. So there, there's a wide receiver. And then, of course, Jamario Sharid. So that, there's four wide receivers right there that off the bat, you're hoping that can step up. Plus, tight ends, you know, Jeremiah Pruitt's back. Um, Kamar Young's back. Nick Dixon's back. So you have all three of your tight ends. So th- th- that offense still packs a punch. It has experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, we'll see. They're just in a bit of a, a little bit mm-hmm. of a pickle right now because they're seeing the number one defense every day. So hopefully it gets that, a little bit. defense is also probably going to be top five in the SWAC, if not top three or one. Exactly. Especially considering the transfers that have taken place in other places. Won't name other places, but other cities. Oh, well, transfers that have left other places uh, in a state that has um, some weird thing now, but we won't get into that. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, so the other thing, too, is before we move on here, select select softball standings. And I commend the state of the Alabama school, the one Alabama school for this, because they've been impressive. In SWAC baseball and softball, Alabama State leads this leads both standings. Actually, no, my bad. Or wait, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, they lead both standings. My bad. I'm so, I had to rethink it. Alabama State leads the softball standings in the East and in baseball. baseball? Softball and baseball lead the East. I believe Alabama State is undefeated in baseball in conference play. Um, and then FAMU is second in, in the East, in the West, in both softball and baseball. Once again, it's Grambling and Prairie View. But it's neck and neck. the roles are reversed, though. It's Prairie View and Grambling in softball, and, but then it's and Grambling then. and Prairie View in baseball. That's fine. But I mean, shout out Alabama. I guess Alabama HBCs got a rough football year, but at least. You got something in going in um, well, no, baseball no, no. and softball. Alabama State has something going. Oh, yeah. Alabama A&M. Yeah. yeah. But, dude, honestly, I think this speaks a testament to the talent that the talent, the talent rich state of Texas, as far as baseball, it's up there with, with Florida. Like, because honestly, if you think about the NCAA tournament in baseball, Texas is in it every year. Texas A&M is a big, is a player. Um, and now you see Prairie View. That's another Texas school that's a player. Like, it's it's a crowded field in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. This is proven. So, Texas is just powerhousing everything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Until much. they get blown out on the biggest stage, but it's all right. Oh, I don't know. Texas. They show out in the NCAA tournament. It's, they not like football. Oh, yeah. Well, Texas and baseball is better than Texas football teams. Exactly. Um, one other thing, too. Isaiah Lamb was on NFL Network talking about his, you know, his time at FAMU and stuff. One thing that he did mention is the fact that, you know, like, FAMU came, I want to say, like, with a month left to go before signing day. And he just... Basically, you know, he committed right there on the spot. And then that was one thing he took into consideration when he was in the portal before he hopped back out of the portal 
So he just, you know, he oh, stayed last off season. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just reflecting on the fact that like he was going to stay true to his word and come back to FAMU and stuff. So, you know, kudos to him for that. I, re- I respect that a lot, man. That's, and that that's that's somebody that I think will have a good NFL career. Plus, he had a lot of praise for Xavier Smith and everything, who is also again someone that I think will hear their name called. If he does, if he doesn't hear his name called, he will be hearing his name. His phone will be ringing in the first three hours after the draft. Oh, Guaranteed. absolutely, absolutely. That's what I think. I think you hear him on day three, but if it's not, he'll be hearing his phone ring probably. What time the draft generally ends? Like, I want to say four-ish. So by five, six o'clock, you'll have a job. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So he'll find he'll find employment. Don't worry. He'll get Oh, no, he'll be guaranteed to have a job. Well, well speaking of having jobs as undrafted guys, um, I'm pretty sure Ryan Neal's undrafted. If I'm not mistaken, I have to check that back. But I am pretty uh, sure because he was an RFA, and mostly RFAs are undrafted free agents. So let me just double check that. But I'm pretty sure Ryan Neal is an undrafted free agent. Honestly, I didn't know who he was. Um, he was with the Seahawks. He was a restricted free agent, but they rescinded his um, they rescinded his uh restricted tag, and they made him an unrestricted free agent. So, yeah, he was an undrafted free agent signed with the Eagles originally. Yeah, but uh, going to the Bucks now, so that's a good move. He was solid with the Seahawks when Jamal Adams was hurt, so that's a decent pickup for them, especially with uh, Mike Edwards leaving and Keanu Neal. He's an FCS player, okay, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, you just run all the flow, man. Well, my bad. I'm sorry. I just yeah. <laughs> also, too, speaking of the Seahawks defense, the Seahawks defense and Pete Carroll said they are slowly coming along with the with bringing back Bobby Wagner, and then you know letting Ryan Neal go and stuff. They are slowly coming together. That's what he said, and he was very calm about it. Well, you got Jamal Adams coming back, top five safety in the league. Hmm. Well, it depends on what how you look at the safety position because free safety we know Minka's one, but then strong safety he's definitely somewhere in the top five. So there's that for them. Uh, you got Tariq Woolen having an extra year now under his belt. You're gonna have Kobe Bryant who had it, his flashes. Some yeah, of them weren't that great, but then he had his moments, and then you have a. I want to say his name is Michael Jackson of this year. I'm pretty sure his name is Michael yeah, no. Jackson. I, I know who you're talking about. Also, they don't have Quandre Diggs anymore. Yeah, no, he's still there. Oh, okay. Quandre I know. Diggs is still there. I don't know who I was thinking about that's in New York with that same last name. I'm probably thinking about someone else. But I think they, he may have come from New York to Seattle. Yeah, he did. Okay, so that, that is what I was thinking. Okay. So, yeah, no, they're, they're going to still have a nice defense. I think they're still a playoff team, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to win the NFC West, uh, given San Francisco's quarterback health issues. Possibility. Unless Sam Darnold is actually like USC Sam Darnold with uh, Kyle Shanahan, and then you're like, not a good thing if that happens. I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for that, honestly. Me neither, but if 
if the uh, Purdy comes back and he just plays like how he did last year, they'll four games out, probably five, six at most. Uh, that still gives you eleven wins as wild card divisional. I feel like they need to roll with Trey Lance to start, though. Trey Lance is done. But now what could happen, and this is a big if, but there was a report Florio came out with, albeit Florio's not an insider. He did say the Patriots were shopping Mac Jones because they're interested in getting Lamar, right? We, If the Patriots are looking at Lamar, uh, there was a guy, he's a head coach, over in the West Coast in San Francisco, Okay. who was very high on Mac Jones and wanted to take him at number three. But the GM was like, eh, I want Trey Lance. As uh, Michael... Um, what's his name? Michael, Michael, Michael... Uh, well, John Lynch Italian the, guy. John Lynch is the GM in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a reporter, forgetting the name. He's always on the Mac show. Michael Lombardi. That's his name, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his name. And he okay. was saying how uh, Mac Jones, uh, Kyle Shanahan wanted Jones, but Lynch wanted Lance, right? Well, you got a Walmart brand Mac Jones and Purdy, so, I mean, there's also that. But then you got Mac Jones got a way better arm than Purdy does. Honestly, I, re- I it would be foolish of them to send Purdy to New England. No, not to send Purdy to New England. New England's getting Lamar. Uh, Lamar, and then you you send like you can get a decent couple of picks for per, uh, for Purdy while bringing in Mac Jones, whose talent is significantly superior to Brock Purdy. That makes sense. Talent wise, I don't. Just well, a hypothetical. It's a possibility. I mean. Controversial. Uh, it is. That is very controversial. <laughs> Hence the title of tonight's show. Controversy. Let it happen. Um, former mm-hmm. and speaking of controversy, there's also this the former ex, former execs in the nah, Quandre Diggs only played for Detroit and Seattle, bro. Oh dang. Oh dang, we got that all wrong. Oh well. Nah, Jamal Adams played for um the Jets. Golly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, former execs have accusations against Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell. Dude, it's it's wild. It's a lot of decisions that like he just made on his own without even consulting people and stuff, man. It's oh Bidwell? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, crazy. I wonder why they had such a hard time finding a head coach. Because no one wants to put up with that, that crap. <laughs> like, for, for, for... Why do you think the? Uh, why do you think the? Why do you think the Cowboys can't like win the big one? Like the Cowboys, honestly, honestly I'll tell you like this: twenty four. We know why. Yeah, it's the big exactly. top dog. Exactly. That top dog, man. See, here's actually here's here's actually something. Terry McDonough's arbitration claim. In response to McDonough's object objection to the illicit burner phone scheme, Bill will cursed at, berated, and formally reprimanded McDonough and ultimately demoted him. 
irrevocably damaged the trajectory of McDonough's 34-year career in the National Football League. In filing, in the filing, McDonough said he and Steve Wilkes, former Cardinals coach, objected to and sought to avoid participation in a scheme hatched by Bidwell to utilize burner phones to communicate with general manager Steve Kime. In violation of the terms of Kime's suspension for extreme DUI, during a critical period of the Cardinals training camp in the summer of 2018, in response to McDonough's objection, the illicit burner phone scheme, Bidwell cursed at, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Who was the, that from? Uh, the guy who got fired in the Wasi paper? I think. Bidwell has also subjected McDonough to bullying, mocking, harassing, and abusive behavior. Yeah. You know what I've noticed? What? We got to do the uh, Brian and Windhorse. What's going on in Arizona right now? Because you have Alex Morello, who owns the Coyotes. They are currently playing in Arizona State's hockey arena right now. They don't have a stadium. Coyotes have been a disaster for the last, like, five years. You have Robert Sarver. We know how that ended. He had to sell the team because he had a very toxic work environment. Mm. He's now gone. The owner comes in just like that. They bring in KD, but that's not the point. Now you got Michael Bidwell, and all this stuff comes out with him. I feel bad for the people who watch Arizona sports right now professional sports right now because all well i don't know what the diamondbacks got going on right now so i can't say every sport team but coyotes sons and uh cardinals all having bad owners is not a good look for that city or state in general the arizona diamondbacks they're three and three they're at 500 right now they're one game out of first place but it's too soon to say Right now, no, no, not like that. I don't mean like the Diamondbacks. I mean like they don't have bad ownership right now, as we that we know of. But I'm talking about like the Coyotes, the Cardinals, and the Suns, and Phoenix got some major issues have been happening in the last four or so years. Honestly, dude, I think that trying to think about it, I think the Diamondbacks have more championships than anybody in the in the state of Arizona. As far as like, oh yeah, they do. They have a World Series from back in two thousand one when they beat the Yankees. Yep, and I don't. Pretty sure the Coyotes haven't won a Stanley Cup, and I'm pretty sure the Suns haven't won a NBA Finals. Have they? Let me check. I do no, not. I don't think they have. Because I, I know the I don't one, think the one they got to Michael Jordan beat them. Yeah, Barkley. Barkley couldn't win it. Exactly. So yeah, they have zero championships, and they lost to Giannis. Well, and the yeah. Cardinals, they we, they lost to Big Ben. So Arizona Diamondbacks, if you're watching this, please don't leave, don't stoop to the levels of the other incompetent sports teams in the state of Arizona. Huh? The Cardinals technically have won, except the last win they have championship wise. They were Saint is Louis. 1947. They were the St. Louis Cardinals. So it wasn't even in the state of Arizona. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's rough in Arizona right now. It is really, really rough. Ain't no water out there in the desert, man. Ain't no water. Ain't no water just to quench your thirst. That's the problem. 
All right. Also, too, John Elway is no longer with the Broncos as his contract has expired. So uh, George been, Patton been doing good, more or less. So. I'm not honestly, too worried about the Broncos. Dude, look, he was the mastermind behind getting Peyton Manning, and he also was part of the reason why Russell Wilson is in Denver right now. Mm. But yeah, we know why Russell Wilson's working out fantastic. That's a horror. That was that was a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad decision. But well, to be fair, Manning in Denver could have went two wins. They could have went really bad with the quarterback off of a severe neck injury, or it could have went really good for two years or so, which it did, and mm. then it went right off the rails. It look, it didn't. It went off the rails, but the defense was good enough to win them a Super Bowl. Exactly. Let me rephrase it like that, because Manning exactly. was not the reason why they won. Because the thing is, see, with Peyton Manning is with that with that Broncos team, you he just had to be good enough to not lose them the game. He that's all he had to do, just make the right plays, and then plus the mm-hmm. fact Peyton, Peyton Manning is probably the only quarterback that I know of in this modern era that actually knew how to use the entire play clock. Peyton Manning mm-hmm. would literally lull you to sleep. By using up all forty seconds of a play clock, and by the time that's that true. play clock got down to one second, he would hike the ball. So that's, he just—that's the difference right now between Colorado sports and Arizona sports. I mean, really, Colorado, you got the Avalanche, defending Stanley Cup champs. Uh, the Rockies were good; they've been good. They—they they were good. Um, I think they made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure the Rockies were very good. Um, then you got. Dion right there in Colorado now. Oh yeah, the Broncos 2015. Yeah, that's well. Colorado sports and Arizona sports are like two opposite directions. I'm tying everything right now, but give or take, we got to be honest. We don't know what will happen between the Nuggets. The Nuggets are good too, and then you got these KD led Warriors. But actually, we could go right in. We have anything else in the NFL because I was going to take it straight into NBA at this point. I don't think we got nothing up in the NFL. Let's just move it on over to NBA and we'll just keep this discussion going. CAA. Uh, all right. Give me a second. Let me just finish up. Go to hot. Do you want to do hot topics or we want to get to Ashton? We had it. We had an NCAA question or thing. So all right, we'll go NCAA and then I'll get back to uh, tying it all up together. You come. All right. NCAA. Oh, this actually is interesting. I would say. I would say Tennessee. Tennessee is another one, but I. But honestly, like because Pat Summit won eight, and then the dude at LSU. LSU is kind of like a middle class team in terms of men's basketball because they have their good teams every once in a while, mm-hmm. but then there's some real stinker teams they put out there. So kind of ish, but um, I'm trying to think. That's a good point, Ashton. Um, what other teams are blue blood in both sides? Because you don't hear nothing about women Duke. Tennessee, that's about it. But Tennessee, the Tennessee men don't have any championships to show for it. They've only made it to the Elite Eight once. But that's that's really it. But I, I would agree with him that that is true. UConn, they run a very fine program, both the men and the women. 
the women, honestly, I was surprised to find out that, you know, they, they this was the first time in a long time where the Elite Eight didn't even feature them. And then you had... No yeah, no, there was no UConn in that. And then you had... Well, the the part where UConn is, is um, they got Paige Bookers over, Bookers. I, I don't know how you say her name. It's, it's B-U-E-K-E-R-S. I don't know how you say it properly, but she's really good, but that's mostly a one man. It's not like it's a one a one woman show, but it's mainly her, which is why when she gets up to the WNBA, is gonna be if the WNBA is smart, they would be heavily featuring mainly the the UConn girls coming into it. But then you also have Caitlin Clark and uh, Angel Reese. If you could just have like a big three right there, you're gonna have all coming out. I think next year. Mm-hmm. Like that's just growing that sport because like nine point nine million people watch the women's tournament. That's more than the the NHL Stanley Cups had in decades. And it comes back to one word: controversy. The title of tonight. People watch the game before the controversy happened. Got to keep that in mind. That's true too. But honestly, I will controversy say controversy happened in the last ten seconds. The build up to that game, though. Because honestly, there before the buildup happened because LSU took disrespect to how Caitlin Clark was guarding a prestigious program like what South Carolina built, and, and see, she disrespected them. Here's the other and thing. LSU and South Carolina tight. Here's the other thing I've been meaning to say about this. So I'm gonna say this. Everybody says you know they didn't like the way South Carolina was handled. They didn't like the way like there were no fouls called and stuff. Rightfully so. Okay, got it. But at the same time, too. Terrible. Say again. Keep it going. Keep it going. But saying that too, I'm not going to sit. I'm 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 not going to sit here and just say it was all you know South Carolina just not getting proper treatment. It also was a contributing factor of the fact that okay, South Carolina did not actually d up on Caitlin Clark like they should have. And Nobody was getting up on Caitlin Clark like they should have the entire tournament. Let's be real. That's true. And honestly, the other she, teams she, she pulling off from range that mo- like ninety percent of NBA players don't have. Let's be real. She was but, pulling off from Stephen Dame range. That's true. But see, now here's what I'm getting at: is like honestly, dude, like. When you look at how LSU defended her, like LSU, every time that the shot went up, when it was on the defensive, when Iowa was on the defensive side, somebody's putting a body on her. Every time she goes into the lane, someone's in her face. Someone's behind her picking her pocket. Someone is constantly breathing down her back. You have to honestly, you have to get on her and honestly, like you need to be close to her to the point where she knows you're there. You have to let her know you're there every single time. And when you throw her mm-hmm. off, that's when that Iowa team is very vulnerable. That's what that's what it takes. It's not – and quite frankly, I think it's just some teams just didn't have the numbers to play with them. I thought South Carolina, South Carolina has the – they had the team to play with Iowa. I'm going to be real. All right. They just did All not right. – I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain how I think more or less – LSU went in with the game plan. It was, you're going to let Caitlin Clark cook, but you're going to make sure she doesn't go nuclear, right? It's like a fine line where it's like, you're going to make sure you have a person in front of her like all times, 
but you're not sending the house to them because you're going to just make her have to take over and beat you by herself because the next leading score behind Caitlin Clark was at 13 points. There was two players at 13, and while LSU was a pure team effort with three people and 20 points, Andrew Reese had 15, and they had another 10-point score. Like There was four players for Iowa who were in double digits, but it was 30, and then 13, 13, and 12. Like There wasn't much balance between it, and then you also have terrible officiating on top of that for the other players not to be able to get proper free throw attempts, where it's like, well, there's some issues for Iowa to be able to survive and sustain against a team that is so well-balanced like LSU was. And that's true. That's very true. You're right. Yeah. Uh, it's... But then, want to get into controversy? I mean, it's not much of a controversy because there's like rules when you play basketball. If you're going to be able to trash talk, right, you better be able to tolerate it coming back at you, right? We we kind of we kind of know this growing up playing basketball. Like, if you want to trash talk, but if you lose, like, you better be ready for someone to go back and trash talk you, right? Yeah, Which is why I didn't have an issue with Caitlin Clark because she she knew she was trash talking all the way through. Like, she was t- trash talking Louisville and she was trash talking uh, South Carolina. She knew if she lost. LSU was going to trash talk her. That's why she didn't have any issues with Caitlin Clark. All right, not Caitlin Clark. Angel, Caitlin Clark didn't have any issues with Angel Reese, right? Exactly. But then America bees America. No. Blows no. it out. No. Okay. Parts America, of America. America aspects of America. America. White America got offended. And Caitlin Clark. Certain aspects of America. I didn't say white. Look, I'm just going to come out straight up, straight facts and say it. White America. There was a lot of black people. And, and in, also. Caitlin Clark was the golden child. Let's be real. They wanted the golden child to win. My thing is, I find it so funny that the owner of Barstool got offended. When he he lost money. He yeah. lost money. That's why he was mad, I think. Of course. I think he lost a boatload of money. He put a boatload of money on the golden girl in Iowa, and he lost it all with LSU. And LSU shit-talking it back is the reason why he got so offended on it. And then, of all people, also... Danny Cannell saying it's it's so there's a lot of people offended. Dude, I'm just like that's part was Shaq defending her. I'm like that's part was Shaq defending her. You he played it you played at Florida State, dude. Like half of your team, I'm sure, was talking trash, especially in a sport. My thing is when football players are talking trash or saying things like, Oh, this is very improper or this is like unprofessional, dude. Do you know what is said that there's a lot of stuff said that those microphones Mike's don't pick it up. they don't pick it up don't pick up and there's yeah. a lot of stuff that when we're watching it on sunday a lot of it is censored out that you don't mm-hmm. hear oh i know then you can see sometimes with the nfl what the players get too close to the rest and they're like announcing a penalty you can hear them saying it exactly and then it's like dude there's punch and look i'm gonna tell you this now it happens at every level it happens at Hell, even the little league level, it happens at the high school level, it happens in the college level on every in every division, whether it's FCS, FBS, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, anywhere. It happens in the NFL. There's punching, kicking, and people getting spit on. 
Well, probably not spit and, on. And there's also the chicken wing plays happening in basketball. Exactly. But they might just give you a little elbow driving in. The rest can't see it. He goes on call. Exactly. All that stuff happens in a game leading up to a point. But then you're like, Steph Curry was doing the same ring thing to Boston. Nobody said a word. Aaron Donald did the ring thing against the Bengals. Nobody said a word. But then oh, you have please. Joe Burrow doing a ring thing like he did the ring against Clemson. Tom Brady throws a little uh, Microsoft tablet and has a whole fit going on on the sideline. Petted a spirit, guys. Angel Reese does it. Wait, hold on. Yeah, I know. Track. I ain't gonna lie. When he was throwing the tablet, though, there were a lot of people reacting to that. Like a lot of. No, nah, but there was a lot of people. The same, the same people who called Ash, uh, Ashton, uh, uh, Angel Reese or Angel Reese. Okay. A- Angel Reese, yeah. Same people who called Angel Reese classless, right? They said Tom Brady was competitive, and oh, he's so great, guys. Albeit he had six, seven rings at that point. My thing Angel is, Angel Reese got a ring now, but. What I found funny was there was LSU people that were also Saints fans saying that, you know, oh, why wasn't this brought up when Tom Brady told Dennis Allen to go F himself? Which at this point, looking back on it, I'm like, well, you know what? Ace would probably tell Dennis Allen to do the same thing too. But I'm going to be real with you too. Tom Brady's got seven rings plus Tom Brady is. So I'm going to let y'all figure that out. But you get the point I'm trying to make with all that. Oh, no, I know yeah. what you're trying to make. I know. I firmly But understand. then you had, you had such a great game with LSU-Iowa. You had such <laughs> a kind of boring, terrible basketball game going on with the men's tournament with uh, San Diego State and UConn. Yes. That being said, Jordan Hawkins played phenomenal. The entire UConn team played phenomenal. But, I mean, it was kind of bad basketball, let's be real. It was. Honestly, dude, I was sitting here, and I was like, I was watching it, and I was just – I came away very, very unimpressed. I was just like, like, come on, man. Are, are we – is this really what we're doing right now? Like, come on. This could be so much better, and it's, it's just not – because it's like I'm not feeling it. But I think a little bit of it was the magic – from in the hangover from the day before with the women's championship took away from the luster of the men's championship. Cause I can honestly say this is the first time. And also there wasn't no like star presence in the men's tournament that would draw like, Ooh, we got to go watch this X player go play. You know what I mean? Like he was like, all right, we're going to go watch Caitlin Clark. We're going to go watch all of these bad girls going off on LSU who say like, Hey, we play in two. There's a bunch of bars going on in LSU with Angel Reese leading the charge. Where he's like, hey, just many people you can name between the two teams in San Diego State and UConn if you're just a casual watching basketball fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I will say, honestly, dude, like, it wasn't no, there, there was no Kawhi Leonard out there Monday night. There was no. Kimball Walker, Walker. last Monday night. So it's just it wasn't it wasn't sexy to me. It just wasn't sexy enough to me. That's why I didn't that's why I didn't tune in. Was that was a little too much madness in the men's tournament. It was. The now the build up to the championship, that was the best part. The games before the championship was a great part with all the upsets. 
the actual game is like yeah. okay, yes. Or more or less is what it was. If it was gonna be that boring, I San Diego State should have just let FAE win. It would have put more excitement on the game, honestly. Because everybody would have loved to have seen what that little nine seed was gonna do going into the championship. So well, hey. that being said, most of the top NBA prospects aren't in college basketball anymore. Think of it. The potential top three or the four of the top five picks in this draft aren't even in college basketball. Brandon Miller is the only consensus, more or less, top five pick that's in college basketball right now. You can make we, – we know who's going one and one. Might as well just take us over to NBA because it's like – might just go to Hot Topics because it's going to go right into it anyway. Yeah, first one, but Nyama's going to go one, right? We can all agree on that. He's mm-hmm. in France. He's not in the NCAA. You got Scoot Henderson. He's in the G League. He's not in the NBA. You got Amon Thompson and Oscar Thompson. They are both in the overtime elite. They're not in the NCAA. Then you got your Grady Dix, but he's probably going to... Oh, crap. YouTube has a whole issue with that guy's name. Anyways... Grady D-Word from Kansas, real good player. He's going to go probably top 10, but he, he's best known player outside of Brandon Miller in the NC, uh, NCAA. You got Jet Howard in uh, Michigan. You have Jarris Walker from Houston. He's really good. He might go top five. So there's two guys in the top five mm-hmm. who would be in college basketball, but Houston didn't make it. So you're like. Exactly, man. Like I said, man. It's a change in how players are going into the NBA is kind of also what led to what happened. Like, last year, you still had your Paulo Bancaro, but he wasn't, like, consensus consensus one when he went in. Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren were all in the tournament, right? So, like, there was some superstar attention going on in the tournament. Well, this year, the top players aren't in the tournament. So, you're like, eh kind of the hype is kind of lowered if you know what i mean yeah no i know what you mean it's it's hard to get up for it when you have when the top guys are not playing in it Mm -hmm. um but you know who the top guys are though in baseball but tampa bay guys let's keep on going with the nba before we go on to baseball go ahead we were talking about we were talking about the I want to say it was what Colorado sports and um, Arizona sports, right? The Denver, Denver Nuggets, uh, top three seed in the Western Conference. I believe they're number one. While the Sacramento one. Kings have won the very first Pacific Division, or whatever it's called. I got to check it back now. They won their division for like the first time since 2003. While the Phoenix Suns have clinched the playoff berth, and they're 7 0 with KD. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see that second round series if it happens. 2003. Golly, wait. So, okay. So, that, yeah, the, the Sacramento Kings haven't been relevant since I've been alive. Okay. Wait, wait. So, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, well, 2004, 2004 was the controversial one, but 2003 was the actual time they won the division. I'm, 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 I'm trying to like figure the piece this together. So, 2000. To 2002, that was the Lakers' three-peat. And then 
2003 and 2004, the Pistons went back to back. Oh, no, 2003, the Spurs won it. 2004, the Pistons yeah. won. Yeah. And then, okay, and then after 2000, and okay, that's when the Shaq and Kobe thing was done. Okay, that makes sense then. 2005, I want to say, was the Heat, or 06 was the Heat? 2005 was the Spurs again. 2006 was the Heat. Yeah, that was the D-Way Shaq one. So, yeah. yeah, so, like, the Nuggets, they're 52-27. They're first in the Western Conference. Right. I don't right. think Memphis – there's only three games left. I don't think Memphis has enough to catch them. Got a question. I thought – we already did this, didn't we? Yeah, we Actually, did. Actually, you might want to have to rewind about 15 or so minutes, 10 or so minutes, and we just did it. Um, Yeah, so, basically, we were, like, Caitlin Clark, she knew it was, it was coming because she was trash-talking the entire tournament. And doing the uh, you can't see me kind of thing to yeah. Louisville and then waving off South Carolina. So she knew that it's just standard etiquette. Like, if you're going to do it, well, someone's going to do it to you and you can't cry about it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no much issues on that. Yeah. She, didn't, she, she didn't even have a problem. So it's essentially white America overreacting and stuff. Cause honestly, look, she, she did what happened, it happens all over sports, honestly. What happened happens all over sports, and it's just white media getting uppity and trying to create some type of narrative and stuff. That's all it is. All right, back to basketball before we go on to that anymore. So, yeah, so Nuggets 52-27, Grizzlies 50-29. They're the second seed. Kings at 48-31. and 31. Um, So, yeah, they have played uh, 78-79 games. So they have three games left. Potentially a 51 team. Uh, they're going to be pretty much locked into the three seed. They, no one's going to get the three seed from them. Mm-hmm. So they have they they're they're in a little more of a tricky situation because they're really good offensively, but they're going to play the one team that doesn't end up in the play-in tournament, which could either be the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, or by some miracle, the Pelicans or Timberwolves. But mainly. There's a good chance they see the Clippers or the the Lakers in the first round. I know one thing: whenever when the Kings come on, I will be watching. I will stay up late to watch the watch the Kings because it's been so yep. long since I've seen the Kings play in the tournament. So and, and they they have an entertaining style of basketball. They're very good offensively with De'Aaron, the Montes Sabonis, uh, Kevin Herter, even and uh, Kenneth, Keegan Murray. Really good at three point shooting, so they 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 can rack up points, which is entertaining style of basketball. Yay! Anyways, I'm, yeah. So I'm really hoping that they be paired off against the Lakers because them and the Lakers, like you don't know, you may not know this, but like them and the Lakers, they're they're rivals. Yeah, yeah, we know what happened the last time they played in the playoffs. Wait, say that again. What? I said we know what happened the last time the Lakers and Kings played in the playoffs. Oh, of course. Of course, but I mean, I feel like this time it'll be a little bit different. Realistically speaking, Golden State and the Lakers is another rivalry that goes back all the way. It's but very- see, as if if the season ended right now, it'd be KD versus the Warriors round one with uh, good old Andrew Wiggins being back. So Warriors coming back to full health. Got stuff. You got Clay. Got Wiggins. Got Poole. Got 
Raymond, Keegan, uh, Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, Vincenzo. Are we surprised? <laughs> It'd be all that versus Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and DeAndre. And I, I don't even. Seth Curry what? would annihilate Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Dang, you gonna do that to him? Man, have you even seen what guards have been doing to Chris Paul? Chris Paul is like a traffic cone on defense now. As good as he used to be, I know. he is not good anymore right now. I know. It's his best days. He's caught up. He, his his best, best days are behind him. His best days were when the when the Pelicans were in New Orleans. No, not Pelicans. And they were called the Hornets. The Hornets were in New Orleans. That was his best days. Yeah. So, there's that. When but then you also have the play-in tournament, which is going to be a bunch of zoos. And then you have the poor Mavericks falling from the graces. They had a 90-something percent chance of making the playoffs back in February. Yeah, it's down below 30 right now. Or down below 40 right now. This is bad for the so Mavericks. The only way they get in is if the Thunder start losing games, which doesn't seem very likely. So they went out and they made a move to get to bring in Kyrie. And Kyrie and Luca have, have been it's not like how do I say this? Like Kyrie hasn't been playing bad, it's just they haven't been winning. I think that more has to do with the lack of defense on that team and also the uh God, I'm forgetting his name now. Uh big car, what's his name? Not Jason Kidd, is it? That's their coach. Yeah, Jason Kidd. I was like, is he, is he new head coach? I'm like, hey, wait. Like, yeah, Jason Kidd is not a good head coach, bro. He really isn't. I mean, look, dude, honestly. There's like, a reason why the Bucks took off after they got rid of Kidd and they brought in Budenholzer. Dude, honestly, like, this is, like, you're seeing it unfold right now. Like, a lot of people said, a lot of keyboard warriors said, you know, oh, Dallas ain't going to do nothing now. And what? They was right. A lot of people said Dallas wasn't going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And they, they ain't sure doing right now. flat fell, fell flat on their face after this whole Kyrie thing. But I do think it's a whole lot considered more so because of not being able to stop a traffic, uh, not even able to stop a ball from going in the hoop at all. I think it's more so Jason Kidd, honestly. At this point, the late game execution has been terrible in Dallas. And then the defense has just been horrendous. I know. And then you got Mark, uh, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. Um, but then there's also the people who are saying, like, even I mentioned it um, two days ago, I said, when Dallas was losing, they lost two games to the Hornets back-to-back or whatever. And I was like, yeah, them not paying Jalen Brunson in 2022 offseason. No, this is 2023 offseason. 2021 offseason. Them not giving Brunson an extension then and preventing him from going to play with his dad up in New York with the Knicks. That That is the move that cost the Mavs. And I think it might cost them Luka as well. Should have been smarter, Mark Cuban. Should have been smarter. Mark Cuban has not been good at putting together a team around Luca. And then you have Luca's teammates, dad calling out Luca, like flat out blasting Luca and Tim Hardaway Sr. 
So you need to calm down. You need to calm down, bro. But um, the other thing too is, so this talk happened- baseball. We talked about all the issues going on in Dallas. Let's talk about the issue, the lack of issues, I should say, going on in St. Petersburg. I would say Tampa, but the games aren't in Tampa. It's in Texas. You ever St. notice how like we slowly worked our way across the country? Like we started in Arizona, and now we've worked our way to St. Pete and back here. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how we did that, but. Yeah, like, you know, I will say I'm pretty proud. I'm proud. I'm actually watching the I, replay. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just shocked and happy that they're not trading every single player that can, I can actually name like how they used to. Dude, honestly, like, I think, to be real with you, the best thing they, they that they did was get rid of Kevin Kiermeyer because the center fielder that they have now, I think Poche, or no, not, not, not Pooch. The guy that they have now, I'm gonna figure it out. Twenty-two for the Rays. I'm just happy they paid Wander Franco. Knowing them, they generally trade their best players before they actually have to give them a big contract. So I'm just happy they actually paid somebody. Him and a Rosarino. So, but also I didn't notice the Rays actually have two lows on their team. They got a Brandon and a Joshua. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even notice it. I was looking at the lineup, and I was like. Am I seeing the same guy twice? And I'm like, oh, wait, no, there's two different guys. Oh, Jose Siri. That's his name. Oh, yeah, Siri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. He's, I saw him all around today. That was the biggest upgrade from Kevin Kiermaier I've ever seen. Because honestly, I will say, they at first I kind of questioned, you know, was it a good idea getting rid of, like, Kevin Kiermaier, G-Man Choi, you know, and even the other one. Luke Rayleigh, that he's been good. They brought him in to replace G-Man Choi at first base. He's been actually pretty solid. Him and Yandy so Diaz. Yep. Been fantastic. Because And then, like, that that rotation, too. You got to think about That's starting – that pitching rotation? Dude. Um, M- M- McClellahan and stuff? Like, that – what? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, oh, my gosh. I can't think of his name, and I just had it. Oh my gosh. Starting pitcher. Starting pitcher with long hair. Gosh, I had it. I'm so disappointed in myself. Shane McCallahan? No, not Shane McCallahan, the other one. The Young. other one. He's on he's on injury reserve right now. Oh, Glass now. Yeah, right. Taylor Glass now. He's not even back yet. And Bruh, I can like, actually name people on the raise now. Give me credit. I can I, actually oh, have them. Honestly, dude, I personally did not ever think that they would like find somebody to replace the aces that they had with like I don't know if you remember the days of like Scott Casmir, Matt Garza, um, James Shields. I didn't think that they'd find guys to replace those guys and move on from when they had them had them, but they did. And now you look at it like Shane McClellahan, wait till wait till he comes back. Wait till oh my gosh, you, you just Glass now. Yeah, wait till Tyler Glass now comes back. He's not even healthy yet. And the Rays have one of the best rotations in baseball. They already have like four really, really, really good pitchers right now. They're adding bad glass now too. Dangerous season going on. But mm. as long as they bring back the uh it's like a white uniform and it has a Tampa Bay on it with the Ray logo, but it's like a multicolored logo on the shirts. As long as they bring those uniforms back, I think we're good. And not the dull blues and dull grays and dull whites. 
Oh, you're talking about the old the old school devil rays. It's like a it's like a retro design for them. It as long is. as they bring those back, I think it's I think we're good. Well, it is the 25th anniversary season, so you're gonna see it a lot. I had to say 25th slowly because I'm starting to realize now that like the rays are a year younger than me. So this is kind of amazing, but I'm trying not to crack a joke about you being older than a franchise, but okay. Well, you know what? If you if it makes you feel better, I'm even much more older than the Houston Texans. Yeah, Honestly, well, we're both older than the Seattle Kraken. Exactly, and you. Hey, speaking are, of that, we just transitioned right over to hockey. You are also older than the the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh yeah, the Pelicans is like a weird thing. It's like. They were the Hornets, then the Hornets went to Charlotte, and the Charlotte used to be the Bobcats, and now they're the Hornets, and then no, the Charlotte, Charlotte went, the, Pel- the Hornets went back to Charlotte, and the Bobcats are no more. That's what it is. That whole thing was weird. But um, you didn't answer this question yet. Do you think the, Ra- the 13 and 0 is the best that a team has started? I think it's what two more sweeps, right? Seven games. Or, yeah, so like, they they have right now. The- they have the Oakland A's coming up, and they've got a four-game series coming up with the – oh, my gosh, with the Oakland – no, the Boston Red Sox, who actually just lost to a team that lost 100 games a year ago in the Pittsburgh Pirates. They lost yeah, – Pirates fans are actually optimistic for the first time in, like, a decade. Pirates were like, dog doo-doo for a long time. The Red Sox got swept by a team that lost – season the, the yeah the pirates are like the fans i was watching uh checking twitter with them like they are like halfway optimistic for the first time in a decade which is surprising but then you also have decade. controversy here's a keyword back again controversy with the rays where it's like oh they beat the tigers and the uh god what's that team in washington the nationals yeah oh they beat the tigers and the nationals two not that great teams oh boo hoo hoo they're all a bunch of frauds so you know, just the usual controversy going on. My thing is okay. So what are people raising and saying how they're not a real six and zero team? Yada yada yeah. So what are people going to say when the Rays go out there and just like probably probably manhandle the Red Sox? The A's and the A's. I the A's. The A's are better than the Red Sox, I think. Yeah. So you got a three, and both of those series are at home. That's the thing. So it's like you're six and zero now. If you win seven more games, just seven more, the Rays would actually tie with the oh my goodness, with the Ooh, forget seven. Let's just go for eight. Yeah, exactly. Break the tie. Seven more wins tie the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers and the 1982 Atlanta Braves for the best start to an MLB season. If you get if you get eight more wins, you break that record. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting very pretty in front of everybody else. I think the the Chicago yeah. Sox they ripped off 37 straight in the middle of the season. Yeah, and they were like, okay, so what do you want to do first? You want to do hockey first, or you want to just keep it moving a little farther east and go to Orlando? I mean, I was because we're talking about good starts right now. So I was like, if you want to talk about hockey, and then we'll go to to the Magic. Close it up because I already got this question. All right, so right now I think the Lightning are like losing four two to the Rangers. So like, eh, it's, 
it's still regular season. Like they don't care. I think if they have home nice or not against the Maple Leafs because they they know who they're playing right now. The the Lightning do. Mm-hmm. They're just making sure their rotations are set and everything. Everybody's good to go because I think they put the Maple Leafs coming up. Uh, to, I don't think it's tomorrow. It's sometime this week they play the Maple Leafs, but the Maple Leafs I think are gonna sit a lot of guys for health reasons because they're gonna play the Lightning again next week. Mm-hmm. Is it the week after? Anyway, so yeah, so they're gonna play each other again. So I don't, I don't think the Lightning are gonna take too serious if they have to go Game Seven in Toronto or Game Seven in Tampa because, like, we saw it last year. They won Game Seven in Toronto, and they shut out the um, Maple Leafs. So you're like, well, if Vasilevsky get himself in gear, which he looked like he was doing before tonight with only one goal, I think, allowed or two goals max allowed in his three games. Mm-hmm. With a point, like not he had a crazy save percentage. Once it was like nine nine three or something like that, which is really good for a goalie. By the way, uh, yeah. So if he gets himself in gear, like that, that series might not make it seven anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel that, yeah. But like, if, if the Tampa that showed up last week and not tonight plays against the Maple Leafs, they're gonna win in probably five or six. I would agree. And that's why I think it is a dynasty. Look, they've won. Oh, they've been in the Stanley Cup. What is that? They've been in the Stanley Cup. They've that? been in the playoffs seven straight years. Or six straight years. The last time they didn't make the playoffs was 2017. Yeah. Six years. And in that in that six years. And they've been to – count it. That's how many Stanley Cups they've been to since 2015. Yeah, since 2015 they've been to four. They've won two. They've appeared in three in these last seven years. A fourth, a third, a fourth Stanley Cup, there's which would be their third in four years. It cements it cements a dynasty. If you really want to stretch it as far back as 2015, it cements the dynasty. The dynasty would be the core of Stamkos, Hedman, basically Stamkos and Hedman, because Kucherov was there and he was good. Would you like? He isn't like top three player in hockey in the world, Nikita Kucherov, like he is now. But then I you're like, well, Vasilevsky wasn't in 2015, so that's like if you want to consider 2015 as well, because like Vasilevsky was still back up for Bishop, and if he actually did play in 2015, the Lightning would have three Stanley Cups right now in this last decade. So that's yeah. a different conversation for another day. I agree, because I remember that Ben Bishop broke. Bishop tore his groin, and they decided to play a torn groin goalie, which you need your groin to actually kick out. No, it's torn his gro- uh, groin. Oh, interesting. I never knew that. I've, I've always kept so, yeah, so like if Vasilevsky played that, which he did win a game against uh, Chicago that year, it's like, wait. You're probably good if um had three, but yeah. So yeah. So anyway, they have two Stanley Cups right now with this current team, basically a stand close point, Kucherov, Hedman, Sergeyev, Vasilevsky, as the core, right? So like, and Kalorin, I guess I have to include him technically. Mm. So yeah, if you have three Stanley Cups, you're gonna go with the Chicago Blackhawks dynasty, where they had three between 2010, 2013, and 2015. So basically, they have until 2025 to win one more. They can do it. To be considered a technical dynasty. Hell, as in the terms of what Chicago won by. Hell, honestly, they may get there. They may get two in that time frame. 
Yeah. But yeah, go ahead and let us know what you got about the what you got to say about the Magic. So we can go ahead and wrap well, sad, sadly, 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 the Magic season has come to an end. So like, you know, I can't even show that too much anymore. But it's all right. This will be the last season and the last year that the Magic have the eliminated poster from ESPN in the first week of April for the next probably five years, give or take more. I'm a firm believer. Because the Magic would have made the playoffs this year if Markov Fultz didn't break his toe. They were a top 10 team in the league after December 1st when he came back. So if he stays healthy, I think they're going to be a top six seed for sure this coming season, as long as everybody on the team stays healthy. Mm-hmm. And like, hell, Paulo takes that second step. Like what you saw from Anthony Edwards his second year, like comes a 24, 10, 4 kind of guy with 50% field goal percentage and like a 30 percentage, 3 percentage. Like, and you got Franz at a 40, 50, 90 with his percentage wise, playing a little bit more off ball to save his legs to last throughout the year because he did have points this season where he was dead. That's his, uh, 22 point per game score. And then if you actually watch Markel Fultz, the last, I want to say since February, he's averaging, I want to say 17, 5.4 and like 4.8. So like 17, 6 and uh, 5 in the, since February where he actually got going. And on top of that, if he stays healthy the entire off season, like that's the first one he's had since he's been in the league. Whereas like, that's a big three right there that most teams don't have. Then you have two draft picks in the lottery because we let's be real. Chicago Chicago Bulls aren't making the playoffs, I don't think. Knock mm-hmm. on wood. I hope they don't. So that's two t- two lottery picks. You guys have the big three. You got the, one of the six man of the year candidates in uh, Cole Anthony. And then you got uh, Jalen Suggs, who actually plays defense. The offense is like, eh, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, but. As long as he stays healthy, that's development right there. And then you're like, well, holy shit. That's a top four seed in the NBA and the Eastern Conference. Because you got to remember, they beat they beat Boston three times, right? They mm-hmm. swept the – they tied – they split the series with the number one seed, Denver Nuggets. They swept the Golden State Warriors. They swept the Los Angeles Clippers. They did get swept by the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings won an overtime once off a of De'Aaron Fox half-court buzzer beater. So, like. There's that. But then they split with the Phoenix Suns before they had Katie, albeit. Um, am I forgetting somebody? Am I forgetting? They swept the Pelicans, split with the Timberwolves, won one of two against the 76ers when they actually had players playing the game. Uh, they did get swept by the Bucks. So the Bucks, Bucks, we know the Bucks are going to be in the NBA Finals. It's them or the Celtics. I don't think Philadelphia is making it. Who do you think making it before I continue? Between yeah. the Bucks and Sixers and Celtics. I think Milwaukee, honestly. I like Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That is the only that is the only team in the Eastern Conference who's actually beaten the magical, I think, above season series. Looking at the standing, I'll tell you, give or take. Yeah, so they got sold by the Bucks. They beat the Celtics 3-1 in their season series. 
lost 1-3 to the 76ers, uh, 2-2. I think they, well, they put the Cavs one more time tonight, uh, tomorrow night, so they're probably going to split there. They did beat the Knicks once, and they uh, split so far with the Nets. They are, I want to say, 1-2 and two with the Heat right now, and 1-2 and two with the Hawks, but also, as you got to remember, they also had games where they started 5-20 and 20 without a point guard when they played both the Nets and Hawks. Uh, so, yeah. So, summarizing all that, the Magic, even other NBA fans, like, you got a squad right there, lumbering around in the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now, who's probably going to make the Cleveland Cavalier jump and be right in the thick of the four-seed race next year. Hopefully they make it exciting because I'd love to finally go see a game. What do you mean make it exciting? I got face this way because you're this way. So what do you mean by exciting? Make it make it to where I'm willing to spend money to go drive over there and see them. That's what I mean. Don't take a price that's so bloody high right now. Exactly. It's like it's like a it's a lot of money to get into the door. I was looking at for the Pistons game, so I'm like, a hundred dollars just to get in. I'm like, what in the hell is this? Shit? Exactly. They well, that's because they were actually good recently. That's why the ticket prices went crazy. But yeah, so they if get- they made the playoffs, would you go with me? You mean team up in Orlando? We're gonna go next year. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. See, it's hard to get tickets to the Lightning because everybody's going to go. Oh, of course. Dude, honestly, I will say I looked at Lightning ticket prices. Lightning tickets prices this year were cheaper than the Magic. Dude, I looked at the Stanley Cup. Plus the Stanley- oh, the Stanley Cup prices. Oh, never mind that. that if was- you want to see overpriced tickets, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs tickets. Guarantee is going to blow your mind. It was like $200 just to get into the building for a top, top, top seat. That makes sense. The Lightning Maple Leaf series last year. That makes because they know they're only going to get three games max. I mean, honestly, I think the most I ever paid for a ticket was ninety ninety six dollars for Florida State and Ole Miss back in twenty sixteen. That's the most I've ever paid for a ticket. Interesting. But with that being said, and a lot was said about. Every single sport. Did we cover every sport? Every major sport. Yeah, we did. We talked HBCU football, NFL, women's basketball, men's basketball, women's softball, men's softball, uh, men's football, um, MLB, NHL, and NBA. And we did decent transitions, I thought. We kept it flowing. We didn't have too many stoppages. So that's a key thing right there. So with that all that being said, as a lot was said, no more controversy now. We have cleared up all the controversies going on. Okay, they're going to still drag that controversy. We just cleared it uh, up. Some controversy will probably pop up tonight. Who knows? We're going to jinx it. Yeah, I was gonna say, we still got a couple hours till midnight, and the Bulls are playing, so... We'll see. Hope they lose. Anything can happen. See, so yeah, if the Bulls win, then <laughs> this the controversy between Ace and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, no, as long as they lose in the play, and I'm happy. Oh. 
But yeah, folks, that's going to do it for us this evening. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe on all of our social media platforms and everything. You know, make sure you are, yeah, like, share, and subscribe. Um, Make sure you follow us on Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as they scroll across the bottom line right there. Um, But yeah. Be a like, share, subscribe. Help grow the channel, you know, all the goodies. Yes. And as always, you know, stay safe, stay blessed. We'll see you next week.